The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Today is brought to you by Seattle Supergroups. You heard there's all something happened in Seattle. Have you heard this? Oh thing? my goodness. Do you, have you met Chaz? No. The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone? Have you, do you see what? I mean, I, I, I just had to stop watching some of the news because some things that are going on are legitimate in this country and that we all. We are not a perfect country, but we are, I still think, one of the greatest countries with huge opportunities. And it's crazy some of the stuff that's going on. Crazy. Calls for racial justice and turmoil across the country have resulted in a takeover of one part of Seattle. As the standoff continues, there's now a war of words between the president and local officials. A stunning moment as protesters take over an entire neighborhood in Seattle and declare it an autonomous free zone. The streets are barricaded. Men with assault rifles stand guard at checkpoints. They painted over surveillance cameras. The cops aren't with the guns, Carrie. It's the, it's the, the Hill participants. Zone. Chats for short. The zone under occupation is a city within a city, six blocks in total. At its center, a police precinct that has been taken over after cops abandoned it to avoid a violent confrontation. Inside Edition cameras were inside the zone today. The police precinct is now called the People's Precinct. Look, this sign says you are now leaving the USA. There you go, Karen. I mean... <laughs> what is going on in this country? But uh, I'm going to call this show. Uh. You know, it, it, so is the coming second wave coming any second, Carrie? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. Everything I thought I knew clearly has been thrown out the window. All right. So, you know, the public health community is warning that a second wave of the, oh, absolutely. the CB-19. Oh, you're talking about absolutely. I, I'm saying my theme today is the second wave coming any second. Well, when you can't get together for visit your family members in the hospital or nursing home, you can't go to funerals and limit people, but we're all allowed to get together. Um, so is, you know, a, another second wave, is there a second wave of lockdowns coming? You know, uh, you know, I don't know about that. I think they'll well, be. Well, you know, President Trump said no, but Houston right now is seriously saying we may have to shut down again. Uh, see, I think that'd be bad. Okay, um, you know, it, it, a lot of people are saying, Carrie, where's my second wave of stimulus checks? <laughs> All right, because I already spent my first one. Well, right? I laugh. I see articles on that. They, I've seen ones, don't hold your breath. You know, and, and or, you know, it, it, is it true that though that extra $600 a week federal unemployment on top of my normal state unemployment is going to end at the end of July? Well, when's the second wave of that coming? Because I don't have a job yet. All right. Um, you know, there's still, you know, 44 million unemployed in this country with a, you know, they say it's about a 13 percent unemployment rate. You know, p- people say it's really close to 16 percent. Um, now, obviously, though, the jobless claims are coming in lower. So that's the trend is OK. OK. Um, so, you know, continuing claims declined to about twenty point nine million. OK, so about three hundred thirty nine thousand fewer. OK, here right here in Ohio. All right. Um, jobless claims last week came in at thirty five thousand four thirty. The twelve week cumulative is one point three million. Um, so far, Ohio's unemployment benefit distribute they have distributed out three point eight billion carry to six hundred eighty six eight claimants. Um, Where's your little cha ching cha ching? Really, you know um, <laughs> sound the you know. All right, so second wave. Um, now, what's going on? 
in Seattle. Is this going to be a second wave of violent protests? Now, you know, this show that you're listening to is, is being taped on Friday morning. So maybe by the time you're hearing this, the Chaz community has been resolved. Um, I don't know. Again, the Chaz carry that stands for the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. You know, Capitol Hill is the area of Seattle, the neighborhood area that they've taken that, over where the police are. That's great. Yeah, and they're then you know it's it's they're making progress, Carrie. They're, I heard they're trying to plant their own food right now um, in the city. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In those because there's so much uh, places it, to plant. You know, so and, and I don't know what do the, what are the demands, Carrie? Okay, so so what are the demands? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Why don't you get us introduced, Carrie? You know? Oh my goodness! Well, on uh, this beautiful. Uh, next few days hopefully good morning everyone you're listening to financial food for thought we are here every saturday morning on 14 20 a.m here to give you helpful information and positive hopefully information about your financial life whether you're working or already in retirement and there's things you can do to be proactive and you want to take action to take control about your own financial future and this show is sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning is a fee-based ohio registered fiduciary planning firm that's been around the greater cleveland area now for more than 35 years what we do is build custom financial plans and help people model out the different scenarios and use opportunities and create the income they need as tax efficiently as possible and address financial disruptors one of our philosophy is plan for the worst hope for the best. And um, well, again, we build these custom financial plans. We don't do investments. Our clients either already work with an investment advisor or they do the investments on their own or some people do a little bit of both. And what we do is help people know what growth rate do they need to make their plan last and for, to accomplish their financial goals. And then that helps know how much risk they should be taking on. And we've talked to, on this previous show about risk um, and how much risk you should be taking to be okay, and are you taking on more risk? Um, because sometimes in cases when people were worried in 20, 2008 and they took a big hit that they parked money in very safe places and they're okay with that because they can do all the spending that they want and they don't have the worry about these the market volatility. And we offer a free consultation for people who want to come in and see how our process is different, how we can help you, like our plans are customized, our, so are our fees. Some people just need a little bit of help. And certainly this year with everything going on, there are opportunities and steps you might want to take this year that can minimize your future tax liability or take advantage of what you can, especially if you think tax rates are going to go up in the future or if you're worried about, hey, I might not have a job. Um, how is that going to affect me? I, we had somebody come in a few weeks ago that's saying, I've been furloughed and I don't think I'm getting called back. And I already took a pay cut of 50% and then I couldn't go on unemployment because I was still employed. And now I'm not sure, you know, we'll find out in the next month or two if I'm even going to go back. So how much do I have to earn and how long do I have to work at what earnings so that I can still be on track to retire when I want to. And those are those things that we can answer in those planning when you don't know what to do when it comes to your financial life. Yeah. And I think, Carrie, you know, it's that it's that dilemma where you're saying, well, you may be at home saying my job is safe. Um, you know, my company is doing fine. But it begs the question, if your company's customers are losing their jobs, how safe is your job? Right. Um, and and that's the, you know the spiraling you know deflation that we have going on you know and and again it's that's why this second wave is is you know that we we keep hearing you know is this second wave going to happen any second you know um, are we going to have to shut down again you know you, you saw the spikes um, in, in the in the cases in the COVID cases right Carrie and and you know the the uh, Texas, you know, they just hit a record high this week. Um, you know, new CV-19 infections rising in at least 20 states, Gary, right? Um, um, Arizona, confirmed cases have risen by an average of more than 1,000 a day. 
Um, you know, so, you know, we, we saw all the, the protests going on, not a lot of social distancing going on there. Right. No. Um, so yeah, but they are wearing masks by the way. Yeah. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the, 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 but you know, you've got this, um, you know, and, and so now people are saying, well, maybe, you know, just look at the stock market <laughs> this week, Carrie, right. Yeah. Uh, a little roller coaster there. Uh, the roller coasters apparently are open again, at least the stock market roller coaster. Mm-hmm is open again right um and but you know so what was what is going on are are we in are we is the v-shaped recovery which maybe last week or even the beginning of this week you thought hey yeah it's happening and now three days later you're saying "Mm, maybe it's not happening maybe it's more of a w um you know are we you know we'll talk a little bit about uh uh what uh fed speak uh chairman powell said carrie so um so, you know, again, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the second wave and, you know, how do you plan? Right. And, you know, a lot of people don't know what they can, need to do with their financial life. And that's where we can come in. And that's why, again, we offer hourly and comprehensive retainer. Some people want to come in and then we help them through goals, price tags and timeframes, analysis, recommendations. Um, our job is to provide people objective and biased analysis so they understand if I make this decision, this is the long-term effect. If I make this decision and the pluses of minuses of all those, but ultimately the decision-making is a, that of our clients. And then whatever they decide, we help implement implement. Help with the implementation process. Sure, I want some of what you're drinking yeah. over there. Um, just caffeine. Um, just through the implementation process, but it is customized if you just want a little bit of help. And we are doing consultations in person, if you're comfortable, or by phone. We're happy to do either. With masks or without. Right. Your choice. Right. I prefer not, because did you see there was a whole top 10 thing of why you shouldn't wear masks? And, like, I know my daughter's work, everybody's getting that um the rash from wearing the mask because mm-hmm. she works at Chick-fil-A and in the kitchen. Yeah. Everybody there is getting mm-hmm. that mask. Yeah, and people, yeah, it's hard to breathe. It's, yeah, so. I um, wear glasses. It's really Oh, pain. yeah. You, when, oh, well, I don't. Now I have that uh, one kind. Of, but, yeah, they would fog up. But anyway, we'll make it easier for you. You can do it by phone, in person. Um, we're taking the precautions to meet in person. But take advantage of a consultation. See if we can help. There's no risk. There's no pressure. There's no obligation whatsoever. And you can call the estate planning team. Leave a message. We will call you back on Monday morning. Or you can send an email through the website. On the website, I have previous podcasts, calculators. I always have specials. You can sign up for the newsletter. And that's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, we've seen some, um, you know, summer camps set up. Carrie, I don't know. Of course, Carrie, you don't remember the Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco. That was a few decades ago. That was in the late 60s. Um, but you've you've heard about that, right? Mm-hmm. No, uh, that that was like one of the original counterculture movements. You know, when all the the, the hippies just all went out to this, this section of San Francisco, okay, and you know, you know, with flowers in their hair and all that t- type of thing, and they just tried to set up a commune, basically, okay, um, and it got very popular, and and everyone you know got into that. Uh, more recently, you may recall, remember Occupy Wall Street? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was back in 2011. Gosh, time flies. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, and now we've got Chaz, okay, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. <laughs> so what are the demands of Chaz? Well, that's what I'm, I mean, that's what I've been trying to figure out, right? Um, well, here's one author who tried to give us some insight on what their demands. Okay, some protos- protesters released a list of 30 demands. Hmm. Okay. Um one was to represent the black voices who spoke in victory at the top of the 12th and Pine after nine days of peaceful protest while under constant nightly attack from Seattle Police Department. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. They want the city of Seattle to defund and abolish the Seattle Police Department. They want to ban the use of armed force. And they want to provide they want, you know, Seattle Ooh. to provide reparations for victims of police brutality. Okay. So that's some of the demands of Chaz. But uh, don't 
sometimes victims of police brutality, if the police gets charged or fired, then as a victim, don't they have the same reparations as victims do? There's the victim. I mean, and you want not armed police? No, thank you. If I have somebody breaking in my house or some crime going on and I want to I want an armed police officer. Because the criminals are armed. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say most <laughs> Americans do want a police I, department. I, I think the majority of police are good people that put, there are always bad police. I mean, there's bad whatever. Definitely there needs to be consequences, but that's true of every profession. Yeah. So we're talking about, so is there going to be a second wave of violent protests? Um, hopefully not. Hopefully Seattle can defuse this little, you know, summer camp experiment. Um, and you know, and everyone can get back to work, um, including the police. Um, and hopefully yeah. everyone else can get back to work and unemployment rates drop even further. Well, this is the second wave, <laughs> right. you know, that uh, the analysts are warning that a second wave of layoffs, Gary, is coming. Right. Um, and this time it's, it's going to be the white collar. It's going to be the next higher up level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and because of the, sh- you know, because the, the, all these businesses aren't coming back and, you know, and, and there's a lot. And when you have 44 million people who are, um, you know, not working, uh, that cuts into discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. And when the, the state and, and, um, uh, state, you know, unemployment offices have to kick out billions and billions of dollars of unemployment benefits, that hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's, uh, so do we have a second wave coming there? Of course, if we do have a, 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 a major second wave of the Rona before there is a vaccine. Possible with everything um, else going on. You know, so Chairman Powell spoke this week, right? Um, He says, you know, basically there is no reason to believe that the economy will spring back to full employment in the near or medium term, even if one makes the rosiest of public health assumptions. Okay, he goes on to say millions of jobs that existed four months ago will not be coming back. You know, reemploying the workers who held those positions will require you know, millions. They need to create millions of new jobs. Right. You know, a process that could take years. Um, what are they saying? The un- you know, what the Fed, what the Federal Reserve is looking at, what they're forecasting unemployment. They're saying that by the end of 2020, it'll still be at nine percent, almost double digits. Uh, a year, a year into the future, by the end of 2021, it may be down to six and a half percent, and then maybe by the end of 2022, it's down to five and a half percent. All right. Um, you know, they, they they've already you know said that you know they are not going to raise interest rates right. at least through 2022. Okay, you know, Powell said we're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates. Um, So, again, good news, bad news there. That's great if you're trying to get a mortgage right now. That's not so good if you're trying to get a a good return uh, without a lot of risk on your retirement. You know, if you're retired right on your nest egg. Um, You know, uh, Powell is not in the camp that believes a V-shaped economic recovery is happening. Okay, Um, they say, you know, GDP will contract this year six and a half percent. So do you think that Fed speak made President Trump happy this week? No, not exactly. Um, So, you know, and and so, you know, President Trump had his, you know, talking heads out there. You know, my favorite, of course, is Larry Kudlow. Right. Um, And, you know, basically what they were saying, it it was almost like, um, (laughs) the uh you know it's it's not it's it's not the economic reopening that are fueling the new you know rona cases carrie okay um it's not the you know wall street collective recognition that the market's extraordinary rally you know was premised on a set of economic and public health assumptions which little empirical basis in other words everyone's wondering why was the stock market going up so high when we had all these problems right um and that, you know, really, the, you know, the White House staff is saying, well, the stocks fell because, you know, uh, Chairman Powell didn't smile at his press conference. Oh, my goodness. And didn't tell us only good news. You know, and, and you know, and it's like <laughs> we're not children. OK, uh, I mean, I, it's That's one thing ridiculous. to be positive, 
But, you know, don't treat us like children. If, if, you know, and, and, and Chairman Powell is not treating us as children. No. Um, you know, Which and, he shouldn't, frankly. His job is to give the facts okay. or his perception of what's going on. At well, period. here's Larry's comment. I don't think Mr. Powell, I mean, no, here, I'm sorry. I do think Mr. Powell could lighten up a little when he has the press offer, <laughs> offerings. You know, a smile now and then, a little bit of optimism. You know, I'll talk to him and we'll have some uh, media training at some point. Um, another one of Trump's advisors, Peter Navarro, um, he didn't have, you know, he had strong words for Powell as well. You know, um, Chairman Powell has the worst bedside manner of any Fed chairman in history. Uh, if he was going to market sushi, he would market as cold dead fish. Um, you know, I could care less about someone. How good are they? I want... Now, so and and but what um, what we did here from Chairman Powell and, and remember he was one of the ones I said we have to listen to, you know, right? I, I mean, um, and he's he is talking about he wants to get his the Main Street lending program going. So we all know about P, the PP plan, right, Kerry? Yeah. Um, and whether or not that will be continued again, you know, it, you know, we're all waiting for the second wave of you know Care Act too, right? Um, we got, you know, what Pelosi passed in the House, you know, which was a three trillion dollar. That's dead on arrival. Right. Um, Mitch McConnell, you know, is basically saying the Senate's not even going to look at this until the end of July. You know, I mean, because, <laughs> you, you know, they're because they're busy. They have the July 4th break too coming up. Oh, my um, gosh. I think with everything going on, they shouldn't be allowed to take a break. You um, know what? July 4th is on a Saturday this year. I think they should stay put now. um all right, so back to the Main Street. So what's coming now? In, in other words, so what Chairman Powell is saying, he's, he's somewhat frustrated that this Main Street lending program isn't up and running, okay? And that was, again, to get small businesses. Now, small businesses is relative to what, you know, the government calls a small business to what you may think is a small business, right? Right. Um, but, you know, this was a program that was going to offer loans in the $1 million to $25 million range, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be capped at four times EBITDA. Carrie, don't ask me to you know okay. go through the acronym EBITDA because it would take the rest of the program. Just ask your CPAs about okay. it. Okay. Right? Um, okay. Now, um, so that was it was for it was for companies from zero to ten thousand employees. So zero is a small company. Some people think ten thousand employees isn't a small company, but the government still considers that a small company. Um, and you know, with you know companies with revenues under you know two and a half billion dollars. Okay. Um, principal and interest payments are you know going to be deferred for the first year. Okay, um, and then you know different banks would you know vary on how aggressive they would end their terms. You know you know, mm-hmm. you, know you, you could shop accordingly. Um, um, now, so that was original, but then he tried to sweeten the pot more re- recently. So one of the complaints was that um, it wasn't small business enough, right? Because under the original drafting of it. It, you had to have a five hundred thousand dollar loan minimum. Okay. And somebody said, "Well, that's I don't, a lot. That's I a mean, lot. Maybe you know? I don't want. I don't really need that much." So they lowered it to two hundred fifty thousand. All right. Okay. Now other people said twenty five million ain't enough for my company. Oh. So they. Up, I think you have bigger problems. So they upped the cap <laughs> to thirty five million. Okay. Um, and they said, "Okay, I like the idea. There's no principal or interest payments for one year, but you know, can you make that sweeter?" But that's pretty good. Well, they made it a little bit sweeter. They said, okay, no principal payments for two years. Um, still one year deferral on the interest payment. So they, um, and, you know, and they want that, um, the, you know, Powell wants that going. Um, and uh, kind of see from there. Um, so the, uh, we'll see. What's going there? And you know, with all these different things going on, Mark, I mean, it comes down to if you're worried about this and really it comes down to how is it going to affect your financial life? What can you do to protect your long-term financial stability? What changes do you need to make? And maybe you're worried about, boy, I'm really going to have to cut spending or I'm really going to have to work longer or I, cause you have no way to measure um, and that's what planning comes down to. And as we're doing it for people coming in, some people have to adjust. They have to either work longer or cut their expenses. Other people, they're really worried and they're calling us saying, I'm going to not be able to do the gifting. I'm not going to be able to do the home and whatever. And you know what? 
it's really not even with the market down curve, even if we take it aggressive and slow growth and no growth, even in 2021, they still don't have to change what they're doing. And that gives them as much as sometimes it's about peace of mind, too. Right. Because, you know, you, you look for opportunities in, in violent, you know, violent, violent. Well, it is in some ways. <laughs> what was the word I was trying to say here? Volatile. 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 I okay. was like, it is vo- violent, I mean, some- volatile. What's the difference? Um, but in volatile times, because a lot, you know, we're, we're spending a lot of time, you know, Carrie, with clients who were planning to buy a new home mm-hmm. or maybe a second property, a vacation home. And they're they're in turmoil right now, right? Because they're saying, well, you know, maybe they were thinking it was going to happen in a few years out. But they're saying, am I going to be able to get a deal right now in an economic downturn when these interest rates are so low right now? Right. So are they saying, but should I be worried? Maybe I can't afford to do that. You know, and so we're, we're spending a lot of time, in, you know, revising and, and, and modeling in, you know, an acceleration of that type of, um, you know, new home purchase or what have you. Um, so, uh, you know, so so these are things that, you know, again, yeah, there's a lot of stuff beyond your control. But what you can control is you can tell you know your robot that you want to you know model in a a longer maybe economic recovery than the v shaped mm-hmm. and even under that scenario, in other words, you're going to say, well, maybe you know with these lower interest rates that the Federal Reserve just told us they're not even thinking about thinking about increasing until the end of twenty twenty two so you know you do have some time maybe on low interest rates, so that mm-hmm. gives you a window maybe when you think mortgage rates are going back up you know, from an material amount, but also, you know, can you, you know, are there buys out there because some, you know, some people want to, you know, need to sell their houses because they need the money. Right. So, so, you know, that's the idea of saying, you know, well, why don't we model that? Why don't, you know, you have your plan a, you're assuming, you know, purchasing a home two or three years and now let's move that up. Let's call it plan B. And let's say if you bought it this year or next year, and then move all the you know move all the 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 bells and whistles and say am I still going to be okay in the long run right and that's what the estate planning team does and we offer the free no obligation consultation by the way we're a rated and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau and we won the Super Service Award on Angie's list multiple years you can call the estate planning team at four four zero two three nine twenty ninety that's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Here's some good news, Carrie. All right. I'm always up for good um, news. Okay. Ohio, in Ohio, the House, you know, the bill passed allowing Sunday distilled spirits sales. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, allowing Sunday sales across Ohio will increase consumer convenience and provide additional choice for shoppers. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's additional ways of how to spend your stimulus check, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, expanding Sunday sales will also provide a significant boost in state and local business revenues. Yeah, we could use that, right? Yeah. The state could use that. I mean, that syntax, you know, up that syntax, right? Mm-hmm. If we can sell booze on Sunday, hey, let's do it. Right. Um, because we'll collect that Which tax. I always thought that was ridiculous. I mean, does it really ma- I never under... I- well, Carrie, it only took a hundred year, you know, pandemic, you know, for us to bust the Ohio Bible Belt, you know, right. temperance and join the other 43 states that, that do allow right. Sunday sales. Yeah, I always thought it was kind of ridiculous, too. Um, not that I mean, is is it the end of the world that you have to buy your booze on Saturday and not right, Sunday? Yeah, I know. But if you just maybe you're in the mood for something Sunday that you yeah, want. But if you want to. Yeah. You want a bottle of sangria at Aldi's on Sunday. You can't get it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I wonder if all these will change their status on that. I don't know. Um, they have good deals, too, on their liquor. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, read through the lines here. The states will do, you know, Ohio will do anything to collect revenues. Right. I was going to say they all states need to raise money. Yeah. And 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 so if it means, you know, allowing people to buy booze on Sunday and collect some syntax, they're all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they made, you know, during the shutdown, remember, they 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 uh, they did pass. Now, this isn't passed yet. The House passed it. The Senate will take it up, you know, soon. And, and you know, and we'll see if it gets passed. So you don't go out tomorrow, Carrie, and Sunday, and okay. you know it's not passed yet. Okay. Um, but remember, in the in the shutdown, they they made uh, to go cocktails available. You okay. know, to help the the businesses that you know they can you know that would that would uh, maybe pick up. They made that permanent. I think that is done. Okay. So now permanently, um, establishments will be able to sell 
to-go cocktails. Um, so, you know, is the second wave coming any second? Um, how do you do that? Well, one of the things is, Carrie, you know, is it time, Carrie, to seriously start considering the possibility of a new Democratic tax agenda? Hmm. Um, you know, so we heard a lot of the Democratic tax agendas during the Democratic debates. Mm -hmm. We haven't heard a whole lot, you know, since Joe Biden's been in the the rec room, right? Um, But, you know, a lot of people, I think, before this economic downturn thought President Trump was a shoo-in in in November. Right. Um, I'm not so so much sure people are still thinking that today. Right. All right. So should you start seriously considering what the democratic tax agenda was looking like. So mm, um so we'll, well I think regardless you may think about taxes. Um so we'll 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 for the rest of the year running up to the election we may, you know, bring this topic up anyway. Today I want to talk about capital gains rates. Mhm. Okay. Um so cuz I have this discussion a lot with clients and even when we have our classes, you know, one of the questions I ask just kind of nonchalantly is, can anybody tell me what the long term capital gain rate in this country is? Hmm. And there's usually a pause. Right. I was going to. That's why I said. Hmm. And, and it depends. And then when I say, does anybody have any ideas? And then I start getting the, the answers. You know, um, is it 15 percent? Is it 20 percent? You know, but it takes a while till somebody comes up with my favorite. Zero. Zero. Right. Okay. Um, And a lot of people, I think, don't know that we have a zero percent long term capital gains rate. And also that includes a, a qualified dividend rate of zero. You know, if you can stay under a certain tax threshold. Right. Um, so let me, so this is just a quick brief here. Um, long-term capital gains. Okay. Um, so what we mean by long-term that's generally, if you have a sale or exchange of capital assets that you held for over one year. Okay. Um, the tax rates are based on set income thresholds adjusted annually for inflation. For example, for 2020, the 0% rate applies to taxpayers with taxable income up to $40,000. Okay, Um, for head of household filers, it's fifty three thousand six hundred and for married filing jointly, it's eighty thousand. Okay, so if you if you're married filing jointly in retirement and can keep your taxable income, that's not AGI, Gary, that's taxable income. Right. You know, under eighty thousand dollars, you have a zero long term capital gain tax rate and a zero qualified dividend rate. See, I don't think there's enough people who know that. Now, Mitt Romney certainly knows that because, you know, he's using that, you know, to the maximum. Right. And that's a huge opportunity for some people. Um, Now, um, now what happens if you can't stay there? Okay, Um, then you have the 15 percent rate. Okay. Um, Now, the the 15 percent rate will take a single filer. Um, you know, up to uh, $441,000. Married filing jointly, it'll take you up to $496,000 and change. Um, head of household takes you up to 469000 and change. Okay, so not too many people are going to go above the 15%. But if you are above those numbers, then you're at the 20% rate. Okay. Um, and those are going to be the, you know, the one percenters or maybe even the half percenters. All right. Um, now there's also other, you know, there, there's also oddball capital gain rates. Um, let's see if I can find those, you know, for example, the sale of art carry. So sometimes it comes up antiques, coins, you know, those types of things, collectibles, right? Okay, there could, you know, there there could be a 28% top rate. Um, also, you know, there's depreciation recapture, you know, capital gains tax. So if you, for example, own rental properties that you've depreciated and then you're selling them while you're living, okay, you have to recapture that depreciation and that can be as much as 25%. 
Um, also, if you are, uh, you know, subject to the Obamacare surtax, right? You know, those are for single filers with modified adjusted gross incomes over 200000 or married filing jointly with modified adjusted gross income over 250000 You know, then you have that 3.8% surtax on net investment income, which would, you know, add that to that capital gains rate. Okay, so my point is, what do we have President Trump versus Joe Biden in this presidential election, right? Um, at least of today, that's still it. Isn't that clear? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, what has, you know, President Trump said? Well, he wants, he's actually wants a capital gains tax holiday. Hmm. Okay. So, that would help. You know, to help us get through this, you know, COVID shutdown recession. Right. Um, And he actually wants, you know, in this fifth bill that's supposedly coming after, you know, July 4th, um, he wants that in there. Okay, Um, now he hasn't really provided any details, um, but just saying he wants some type of capital gain tax holiday in the next bill. Um, I don't think he has. I don't he doesn't. What's his Democratic support for that, Kerry? Yeah. Zero. Zero. Okay. How much Republican support does he have? Mm. Not a whole lot. Um, so I don't think he's, that's going to go very far. Um, you know, the folk, you know, even among Republicans, the focus of legislative body right now is on helping businesses and workers who have been economically hurt by uh, the Rona, um, optics of providing a one-time capital gains tax holiday don't mesh well with that objective and would be politically thorny issue for Congress at this time. Because high income taxpayers with lots of taxable investments would, would benefit, benefit the, the most. most. Okay, the rich get richer. All right. Um, Trump has also in the past touted an idea of indexing capital gains for inflation. Okay. Essentially, taxpayers would be able to increase their tax basis in capital assets by the rate of inflation between the purchase date and the time of sale. Okay. Um, you know, and so that's another idea. So, you know, are those, you know, those now, what about Joe Biden? Don't they want to eliminate the step up in basis? Joe does. Right. Okay. Um, now, Which people don't think it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Well, but let's even before you die, Carrie, let's talk about it. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, what does Joe Biden? Well, his latest thing is um, he, you know, he tax capital gains at ordinary rates, you know, for filers with incomes over one million. He also wants to raise the top income tax rate back to the 39.6% for people making more than 400000 Okay, so as a result, under Biden's tax plan, individuals reporting over $1 million in income could pay up to 43.4% tax rate on their long-term capital gains. So now, that's, that's, a, that's the tax the rich, right? That's the mm-hmm. Robin Hood. Tax the rich to you know, give to the poor. Um, so, you know, that, that might not bother you because you're saying, well, Mark, I'm not, you know, I don't have a million dollars of income. So, you know, my, ca- I'm still at the lower capital gains. Um, and, and I'm more interested in that 0% rate. Um, but what you said could affect, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, Joe Biden does want to eliminate the step up in basis. That's the idea where if you own capital appreciating assets at the time of your death, you know, you never sold them during your lifetime. So let's take your house. Right, you know, it's easy. It's a good example. Let's say you bought your house for $150,000 at the date of your death. It's worth $200,000. Um, you never paid capital gains tax on it because you never sold it. Um, by the way, if you did sell your primary residence under the current law, you have a you know married filing jointly, you have a $500,000 capital gain exclusion or single $250,000. So there's, you know, the chances of you ever paying a capital gains tax on your primary residence in your lifetime is nil Um, now. But what happens when you die? So under the current law, your $150,000 home with a date of death value of $200,000 gets stepped up. In other words, so let's say you're leaving it to your kid, right? And by the way, Carrie, does your kid want your house? Mm, Most cases, no. I don't know. My kids have talked about buying my house someday. <laughs> I say go a lot for of kids it. are living right. in a better house than, right. than their parents. You know, you know. So, so what do they want? They want the money. They want the money, right? They want a new boat, whatever. Um. So, so the idea is, you know, they they are trying to sell the house. The fair market value of the date of death is two hundred thousand. That becomes their tax basis. You know, so that fifty thousand dollar unrealized capital gain is forgiven at death. Right. That's true for any capital appreciating asset you own, whether it be real estate, stocks. Bonds, mutual funds, gold, whatever. Um, you know, you know that's you know. So that's the step up in basis. That's very favorable. 
Right. Um, and especially in a world where we're not worried about estate taxes. You know, mm-hmm. um, now, um, so, but this is kind of a backdoor estate tax, you know, so if, if Biden says, why well, I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't know if I'm you know, going to do anything with the federal estate tax exemption level, but I'm going to eliminate the step up in basis. And he can't do that, by the way, by himself, because presidents can't do that. Right. So, you know, now, so should you be changing your plans right now? No. Um, because of care what you right. just said, um, the president by himself does not have the power to change major tax law permanently. But he, I think he, some of this major tax law may be necessary to cover all the expenses. Right. So, you know, so it, it's just the idea that, um, you know, and, and like I said, so running up to the election, which will be here before you know it. Right. Um, we'll kind of be, you know, every week or every other week. So we'll, we'll kind of be zeroing in and saying, hey. Maybe we ought to, you know, dust off what those Democratic candidates were saying that, you know, their tax agenda is. Right. And regardless of that, find out what you can do and what opportunities you may have. And there's certainly opportunities in the CARES Act if you're someone who has IRAs, company plans or uh, similar assets and you're taking minimum required distributions, which are suspended for 2020. There are opportunities you may want to look at, um, and that's just one area. And again, we help people who are working and thinking about their future retirement or people who are in retirement. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation by phone or in person. Like our plans, our fees are custom. We have hourly and retainer options if we've worked hard to make our fees more affordable over time and our process more efficient, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Kara, so on this show, you can always go back and listen to the podcast, but we've been talking a little bit about, you know, in a a world where there's, um, you know, low interest rates and a lot of stock market volatility, if you're looking to say, well, what can I do with my fixed side of my investments? You know, the fixed equity index annuities have been, you know, very popular. And I don't think that is waning. Um, right. But yet there's a lot of, you know, news stories or articles saying, oh, they're the worst thing in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we've uh, we, well, we've been kind of mentioning that, that no, any financial product is neither good or bad, right? I mean, it's not that stocks are good or bad or bonds are good or bad or mutual funds are good or bad or ETFs are good or bad or, um, you know, CDs are good or bad or uh, money markets are good or bad or, uh, you know, treasuries are good or bad or uh, annuities are good or bad. Um, It's just the idea that, you know, do they fit into your retirement picture depending on what your your objective is and how much risk and how much risk you need to be okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but a lot of times where we, 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 we see the horror stories that we read about in the annuity world is when, you know, you, you see these, sometimes they're published or we, a lot, you know, a lot of times we're reading um, tax court cases, you know, or, you know, cases where, um, or securities, you know, or, you know, uh, elder abuse cases, Carrie, that right. we, that are published. And, and a lot of times, sometimes, and a lot of times, sometimes that deals with an annuity, right? So it's get a bad, it gets a bad name that way. Right. And, and that's typically, you know, the idea that, um, the annuity, you know, in other words, an, uh, an elder person put all the money they had in one annuity, and, and you would say, well, why would anyone do that? Well, believe me, a lot of people have done right, that. Right, because it's easy. Um, you know, and, you know, and that's not, that's, I'm talking about all your eggs in one basket. Um, so, you know, so, but if you're doing it right, you know, first of all, you know, you're saying, well, no, I, my goal is not to put 100% of my nest egg in one annuity company, in one product, right? Um, now, um, even if you get to the point where you're saying, I'm going to put, 20%. I'm just throwing a number out there. Right. So I've decided 10 to 20% of my total nest egg is going to go into an annuity concept because I want the ability to turn on a guaranteed income because I don't have a pension when I'm right. in retirement. Um, and I don't want to deal with the stock market risk. By the way, in my 60-40 portfolio, I already have 60% of my money in the market. Mm-hmm. So I'm, not, I'm looking for what I'm going to do with the 40% because I've already determined none of that's going into the market. Right. Okay. Um, now, 
So the idea is saying, okay, even in those situations, Carrie, we've still seen the same thing. You know, there is a lot of fixed annuities out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have, you know, fixed equity indexed annuities, right? right? Where you can, you know, and that's you hear all the, you know, you hear the 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 marketing, you know, oh, double digit return mm-hmm. with no loss to principal risk. Right. right. And last week, by the way, if you want to talk about the digit, you talked about an example which you can listen to the podcast about how those digital, how they come up with those du- double digit returns. Now and it's not uh, as simple right. as you think. But also, a lot of times when we see a client come in who have these, um, we look at it, they bring in their detail and we look at the, yeah they've got a fixed equity index annuity contract, um, and with and, and maybe that contract gives them five or six options. They've got all in one option, right. And it's like, well, do you understand that, you know, or if you're only in one company, you may only be given a certain amount of options. Right. Um, And so the idea is, you know, sometimes you want to look at different companies, different products that you're still divvying up what you've said, the total amount that you want in that concept. You're divvying it up between more than one life insurance company. You're divvying up between more than one annuity contract. Maybe you're laddering the surrender charges. Right, because you don't want to put tie it all up. We see too often everyone putting it all in a 10-year. Yeah, or maybe you want half yeah. in a shorter term, half in a longer. Or maybe if you look at different companies' products, you may be able to diversify along your sectors. See, Carrie, you know, they're all going to have a right. fixed guarantee. They're all going to have an S&P 500. Right. But what do some of the other products have? They, some of them have a NASDAQ, um, some tied to the FTSE or the Euro stocks. Um Barclays, I think I've seen. I've seen. Um, there's all different strategies. Some are tied to real estate now. Some are tied to gold, even the value of gold, which some people find favorable. So, or, or, fa- or, or they're looking for an alternative I'll to the S and P 500. I'm just saying, right? So, and even in in each contract, you want to look in different strategies over different time frames and be, you know, and don't tie up all of your money. And what's, and when you're thinking about it, a lot of people get those guaranteed income ones that have these guaranteed income later, but they really have no, I, rider, yeah. no I riders or they think they'll annuit, but they really have no plan on when they're, what's the exit strategy when they're going to take it out. I mean, they should really, or too many people don't understand the income riders. They said, Oh, it has this income rider or, the money you'll never outlive. Well, maybe that income rider payout isn't as much as you thought that we had a case a couple months ago. We said, oh, you know what? They've they've maxed out the percentage they would get based on their age on an old contract. And we're saying maybe you need to turn it on. They've had it for a long time. Um, and, you know, their payout's going to be 1800 a year. They might as well turn it on now because they're not going to get any more the way it's yeah. capped. But did you know? I mean, they had no idea what that amount would be. They've never really looked at buried in their statement. So we're like, you might as well turn it on now. And then do you know how that guaranteed income rider is taxed? Some of them are taxed out first. They, it's taxed differently than if you annuitize. So you really need to have an understanding of what you're trying to do. And then Mark two, we had another case where somebody came in, had an old annuity out of surrender. And again, this happens time and, and they had a CD coming due and they said, oh, you know, maybe I'll call somebody and we'll put it into a new one. And I said, why don't we call and we'll call the companies with you as a, on the phone and found out they could add money to their existing contract. Actually, the rates were pretty good because it was an old contract and they didn't have to restart surrender penalties. Yeah. See, that's so a good solution. Right. And a, and a lot of times, Carrie, the clients, when we go through that with them, they're like, I never even knew I should be asking those questions. See, and I think that's one value that we don't talk about. Um, We help people, and we've heard this people say this over the years, saying we help people understand, like people come in and say, we don't know what we didn't know, or we didn't know we should even be asking that, because we do. We've been there. We've been through different scenarios. We've been through clients who've gotten divorced, people coming in after a divorce and saying, oh my gosh, my financial picture changed. People have lost jobs, premature death. We've been blended families. We've been through that experience. And that's what the value we bring through that objective and biased analysis. I didn't care if the client got an annuity or an existing one. It was what's going to fit. Right. Or at least saying, you know, and sometimes people, let's say, call and we find out the annuities they already have, you can't add money to. Or you know what? It restarts penalties. 
but at least we ask. Right. And that's why we've asked over the years where we find opportunities that you made it may not have known existed. And you can call the estate planning team, take advantage of our free consultation by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. We've got a few minutes left. You know who this Seattle group is, don't you? Not off the top of my head. Really? Maybe I have to. I don't even know if I know this. So maybe if I hear most more. people think they came from L.A., but okay. they really didn't. They came from Seattle. This is called a company. This is a company. It's a group called Pearl Jam. Oh yeah, I know this guy. So, second wave, Carrie. Will there be a second wave of Roth conversions this year? I I don't know. Oh, I think there'll be one at year end anyway because we've already started talking to our clients about that as part of the normal planning. Right. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, we've been talking on this show, and you can always go back and listen to our podcast about a lot of people with the, the suspension of RMDs this year, and they had the room on their tax return, and they had a big market drop in March. They executed a Roth conversion that say, hey, I'm going to make some lemonade out of these lemons, and I believe that my you know stock prices will come back, but in this case, I'm going to shift them over to the Roth IRA at a discounted tax cost. And now all the regrowth will come back tax-free in my Roth IRA. And I'm still, by doing that, I'm theoretically lowering my required minimum distribution next year in case I'm trying to stay away from an RMD trap over my retirement. So, you know, and so let's bring a couple ideas together. A lot of people said, you know, when when we had the April comeback and then May was still a good month, they're saying, well, I guess I missed that boat. But it's a very it's hard to time the market carry, right? right? But if if you know, but should you be ready in case we do have a W shaped and we do test the lows again and there is maybe room to do a Roth conversion. And maybe one of the thresholds you want to be looking at is that zero percent long term capital gains rate. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you've got room before married again, married filing jointly, that's eighty thousand dollars of taxable income, you know, that's after your, you know, standard deduction or itemized deduction. Maybe you're saying, yeah, maybe it's not such a bad idea. Maybe I should do a Roth conversion. I'm going to max out that 0% capital gain rate and the zero qualified dividend rate because you only get to max out a zero rate once a year, Carrie, right? Right. If you don't max it out this year, you can't carry it for it. So those are some of the things that we've been talking to our clients about. But, you know, again, in order to make those types of movements, you got to be ready. you got to be awfully confident that you got a good plan model that you've projected out and you understand how it works. So you can say, yeah, is this not only it sounds good right now, but is it really working in my long term plan? Right, and that's how we help. Call the estate planning team. We've been around for more than 35 years, helping people solve problems, save money, and use opportunities. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Stay well and stay safe. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.